0: The
1: nightmare started when I received a Facebook message on a Friday afternoon from one of his male college students. He said he wanted to apologize to me because he'd been in a relationship with him for over a year. He had no idea that my ex was actually married to me. He was half his age. And then he admitted that he was bi. Like, he'd always been bi. He said he was never faking his attraction to me or anything like that, but that he was always attracted to men.
0: This is Sarah. And today I will be telling the story of how she met and divorced the love of her life all because of her ex-husband's shocking confession about his sexuality but more importantly because of what he had been doing behind her back what do you do when you find out that the husband you spent 12 whole years building a life and a family with is not just cheating on you but also cheating on you with men cheating on you is a nightmare cheating on you with men That's just a confusing nightmare. It's something else that only Sarah may have the words for. Her story is one of incredible resilience and maturity in the face of unexpected hardship. And one can only imagine how difficult it was for Sarah to go through this on her own. Follow me as I tell the story of how Sarah dealt with all the intense emotions of heartbreak and betrayal all while having to navigate the tricky waters of her painful divorce, again, all by herself. It was her against the world. It was her against an insane scenario. But before we start, I'd like to highlight that we are a new podcast and we are learning with every single episode. We don't have a big corporation backing us. So, you know, we're just doing this as as good as we can. Mm. And we do read your comments and reviews. And one review mentioned that the stories can be too one-sided. And that is exactly the case. We are sorry if we made it sound like we take both sides into consideration. Because of the nature of the show and the fact that we have limited resources. The stories are indeed one-sided and we will make sure we point that out as much as we can to remind people that yes, the stories are one-sided and we apologize for that. Thank you for your reviews and your support. Please keep us honest. We do care about your feedback. Again, our email is contact at americandivorcestories.com I promise we will get back to you and we do care about every single one of your comments and reviews. We really do. Thank you so much.
2: Stories in this series are real stories and are often told from the perspective of one of the two people involved in a marriage or divorce. Because the episode's guest refers to his or her ex-partner by his or her real name throughout the story and for purposes of maintaining confidentiality, The names of our guests, the ones telling the story, are often changed during the course of the interview. Also, this series is about adults discussing adult topics. While parts of these stories may be insightful to children of divorced families, other parts of these stories may contain content that is too mature for children, so please listen accordingly.
1: I was born and raised in the charming suburbs of New York City and Westchester, just about like a 30-minute drive away from the city, where neither my mom or dad would ever take us very often. My father, he was a family man, and he taught me a lot about what I wanted in a family when I grew up. My parents were the definition of in love. And while I always dreamt of having a love as good and fulfilling as theirs growing up, I never really thought of romance as a priority. It's almost like I had so much love within my household that I didn't need to look for it somewhere else.
0: Sarah's parents definitely set quite the example for her when it came to love and relationships. They were and still are very much in love with each other. She had grown up with the notion that she deserved the love as strong as theirs. Her parents were faithful and dedicated to each other. Qualities that Sarah had been brought up to believe should be present in all of her future relationships. Her standards were pretty high and good for her. All women should have those standards. I strongly believe men suck at life and women should rule the world. And if that was the case, if that were the case, we would be living in a much better world. So if you are a woman, I am on your side, and let's do this. But going back to Sarah, all these qualities and standards she inherited from her parents will come into play later on when Sarah found out about her husband's infidelity.
1: The way I remember it is they were always going on dates and kissing each other goodbye and sharing inside jokes and just being cute. Their love is what I would describe as stable and nurturing. My dad actually still looks at my mom like she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I always thought about how I wanted a man who would look at
0: me the same way. And the reason Sarah remembers all of that is because her best friend, growing up, would often tell her, I wish I had parents like yours, just getting along and being so in love. Having bore witness to their amazing love story, Sarah never settled for anything less when it came to her own love life. Perhaps that was what set her back in finding potential partners, but it was never a huge concern for the forward-thinking Sarah. She didn't sit around waiting for love, waiting for her husband tending to her own dreams. and She was focusing on her own studies. So much so that when love came around, it was very much unexpected. Having grown up so close to New York City, Sarah and her friends were always fascinated by the city and what it had to offer. She always knew that after high school, that's where she would be going to study and pursue her dreams. Sarah moved out of her parents' house in Westchester to a small apartment in Manhattan once she got accepted to NYU. Having only lived in one place for most of her entire life, Sarah had a lot on her plate. She was in the big city now. She was in the Big Apple. She spent most of her time getting used to her new place and living on her own. Doing adult stuff. Adulting. There was no time for her to go out and socialize, much less find someone worth dating. She always wanted to go to NYU, and she knew that she would end up there eventually if she worked hard enough. She knew what she wanted to do, what she wanted to study. She knew what, that she was going to find a lot of things, passions, interests, opportunities, to challenge herself and grow as a human being. First week of classes came, and Sarah was ready for a hectic college experience, full of nights alone, spent hunched over her textbooks and takeout boxes. She was fine with the idea of living alone, and she was the kind of person who kept to herself in school, except for the company of a few trusted friends. So it came as a surprise, even to her, when she started dating her ex husband, Jeff. (laughs) They met while Sarah was in her first year at NYU, pursuing her sociology degree. It was like a fairy tale, really. She never really believed in love at first sight until she saw him standing at the front of the lecture hall. Yeah, you, you heard that right. She fell in love with her graduate teaching assistant. They made eye contact across the room, or actually she made eye contact with him, and the rest was history. Despite being eight years apart in age, Sarah and Jeff hit it off right away. Even before they got together, the chemistry and attraction between them was obvious. It was just like how Sarah described it, a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. From the glances across the room to staying back for tutoring for extra time together, it sounds like something straight out of a romance novel, especially with New York City in the background. Sarah may have been a bit of an introvert, but she grew bolder and bolder every week. Emboldened by the fact that Jeff did not seem to refuse her attention. In fact, he only encouraged it. And it got to the point where they just couldn't keep their eyes off of each other. Sarah was getting a little too distracted in her lectures.
1: He was such a smart and respectful guy. He was someone who was well-spoken, and he was always willing to listen to me at the same time. We did definitely connected around sociology and our fascination with human interaction in general. And, you know, it didn't hurt that he was good looking as well. (laughs) I never thought that I would be into older guys, but Jeff definitely proved me wrong. The whole student-teacher relationship thing was a little embarrassing, I'll admit, but I was so into him that I really just didn't give a shit what other people thought about us.
0: Sarah actually surprised herself by making the first move. She could no longer stand the romantic and sexual tension between them. So she asked him out to grab dinner and drinks after everyone else had left and he said yes. He was actually very romantic and sweet
1: about the whole thing. He was always making sure that I was okay with our age difference and was reassuring me that he was genuinely interested in me. (sighs) I still remember where we went. (laughs) Can't believe it. Uh, It was a Thursday night, and he took me to a quaint Italian restaurant in the West Village by NYU's campus. I remember we had such a great time eating, talking about everything under the sun, and then he sent me back home. I remember it was a little chilly that night, and he offered me his jacket on the way back. (laughs) I never gave that jacket back.
0: (laughs) It didn't take long for Sarah and Jeff to go out on more dates. They kept seeing each other, even though they kept their relationship a secret, in order to keep things professional in the classroom. Sarah didn't want Jeff to get in trouble because of their relationship, And she also didn't want the extra attention drawn to herself. Remember, she's just an introvert, and she just likes doing her thing. And she was doing her thing. So the both of them agreed to keep things on the down low for as long as they could or as long as they needed.
1: It got pretty exciting at certain points. We couldn't be seen together in school while we were still a secret. And there were so many points where we almost got caught. It was like our fun little game. We would schedule a rendezvous with each other at secretive locations around campus every week and leave notes in graded papers, still looks that only we knew the meaning of. <laughs> I can't deny, there was a certain thrill in dating my teacher.
0: <laughs> it was only about a year into the relationship that Sarah was finally comfortable with the idea of telling her most trusted friends and family. Even though they were surprised at the sudden news of this latest development in her love life, they were just happy for her.
1: You should have seen the look at my friends' faces after I was finally ready to make our relationship public. Oh, they were skeptical at first, as were my parents. But when they finally got to meet Jeff, they liked him almost instantly. Anyone could tell that he was a great guy and that we were a good match. Jeff just didn't teach me sociology. (laughs) He helped me learn a lot of other aspects of my life. We helped each other grow. And it's true what they say is that experience often comes with age and he taught me most of the things that I know about sex and relationships and living together. I thought it was quite sexy, really. It was clear that he knew what he was doing in confidence and never really looked so good on anybody as it did on Jeff. But most of all, he was patient and attentive to my needs. Unfortunately, I've never been with anybody as good as Jeff, both physically and romantically.
0: Her past relationships were all pretty short-lived and fleeting but the flame between Sarah and Jeff just kept burning brighter and brighter staying alight even through the darkest nights happily in love Sarah moved into Jeff's apartment around their second anniversary it was closer to the school and much more spacious than her tiny freshman sophomore dorm room and Sarah was just happy to be closer to Jeff The longer she was with him, the more enchanted she was getting with him, the clearer it was to Sarah that this was the man she wanted to marry eventually. Now, chemistry is not all that is needed for a happy relationship to truly blossom, but even though chemistry is what draws you to someone in the first place, being compatible is what gets the relationship going. It's what keeps it strong and stable. Through the hardest times. Sarah had been raised in a household that taught her how comfortable silences and staying in were some of the hallmarks of a healthy relationship. I wish I could say the same about myself when I was in college, but they weren't just attracted to each other, they were compatible as a couple too. He was kind, patient, and willing to put real effort into their relationship. They shared similar interests and agreed on values and beliefs. And they pretty much, like, rarely had disagreements. And when they did, they just talked it out.
1: We went on a date night every week, the sex was good, and he wanted kids as well. (laughs) It's almost like it all seemed too good to be true.
0: And Perhaps it was too good to be true, though Sarah is not gonna find out until much later into the relationship. Jeff proposed in the same Italian place or restaurant that they had their first date in. It was the perfect choice of location. Jeff knew how much Sarah valued sentimental things, and that's why he chose that restaurant. Sarah was sobbing by the time he was down on one knee.
1: I remember thinking to myself, this can't be happening, this can't be happening, this can't be happening. But it was happening, and it was like a dream come true. The older I got, the more I thought it'd be impossible for someone like me to find a love as strong and happy as the one my parents have. Turns out it was more than
0: possible after all, and (laughs) I said yes, of course. Sarah and Jeff got married on a sunny September day. After three years of dating, it was a beautiful fall wedding. Standing together on the golden sand under the clear blue sky, they said their vows in front of a small gathering of family and friends. They tied the knot in Sarah's hometown in Westchester, and they all headed to New York for an epic after-party. But they will eventually decide to move to Westchester, which is a driving distance from New York, to start a family of their own. They wanted more than one kid, because they were both only children in their own families growing up, and they wanted their children to have company, to have siblings.
1: We were new parents, and Jeff was always happy to take responsibility whenever he could. Both of us kept working through it all, finding over them together as a family. It was tough, but it was gratifying. We supported each other through it all. We originally planned only for two kids, but our little girl Shirley came out of nowhere. I had to take maternity leave from my job while Jeff kept on teaching at the university to support our family. It was a hectic time for us, but nothing we could not handle
0: as a team. Parenthood was not without its ups and downs, of course. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. There is the word divorce in, this, in the title of this podcast, so, you know, <laughs> it's not a fairy tale. There were days when they were too tired. They were tired out of their mind to even argue about who should put the dishes away or pick up after the children. If you have children, you know. They were both working parents with a ton of responsibilities to juggle and it was just unavoidable, is that even a word, inevitable, unavoidable, (laughs) that the relationship would go through a rocky patch. Sarah just didn't understand how rocky it was for Jeff until it was too late. While Sarah was looking after the kids at home, Jeff was off. Finding out everything there was to find out about his sexuality, he was exploring, and we'll go to the details a little bit later. He started staying out later than his usual work hours, coming home exhausted and falling asleep right away, according to Sarah. Whenever Sarah asked about work, he would give her short answers, act like everything was normal, when it really was not. This is one of the cases where I wish we had the resources and we could just reach out to the other party. Um, It's just too much work at this point. But maybe down the road with this podcast, we can reach out to both sides. Um, Yeah, we'll try that.
1: I always felt like he wasn't telling me something. My trust in Jeff was absolute, yet I couldn't help but worry, you know? I could feel him pulling away, and I didn't know what to do about it. I could see that he didn't want to talk, so I didn't push him, but I was so busy with work and the kids that I just felt like if I maybe tried harder to listen, to let him open up to me, our marriage still might be a happy one today?
0: Maybe maybe not we'll never know but what you need to know is that Sarah's story has a very happy ending just like the other stories in our podcast everything turns out just fine at the end eventually Um, but that transition period that she had to go through (laughs) is just pretty crazy Um, so we'll release part two of Sarah's story tomorrow in 24 hours We're releasing this episode Tuesday night, Eastern Standard Time. And we will release the rest of the story tomorrow, Wednesday night. Thank you for your support. And please share Uh, the podcast if you like it. that That means the world to us. Thank you.
2: This was American Divorce Stories. The show is created by Annabelle Martinez-Vega and Walid El-Jabari. The show is produced by Annabelle Martinez-Vega, Caitlin Alexander-Levitt, Elizabeth Jenkins, and Walid El-Jabari. If you enjoy this show, please share with your friends, rate and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to contact us with your story, our email is contact at americandivorcestories.com. Our website is americandivorcestories.com.
0: And see you tomorrow, ADS family.